Hello, this is Christy Kendall with the Align Yourself to Success podcast. And around here, our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. Today, we have with us Tia Christensen. She is an energy empowerment coach, and she's going to be talking to us today about PTSD. And she is also the owner and founder of Dream Sculpting, Sculpting Institute. Dream Sculpting Institute. I wanted to say that because I love it. I love it. Dream Sculpting Institute. So welcome. We're super happy to have you here. Christy, it's such a, such a pleasure to be here. And I'm so thankful that I get to spend this time with you and with everyone here who's listening. And this is uh, definitely a very uh, topic that's very close to my heart, very personal as I find that more people I talk to when we talk about these things, they are personal to us and I'm excited to, to share. Yes, it is. That's why we do what we do because of how it has touched our lives. And it's just human nature to want to share healing. I mean, to share anything really. I always use the laundry soap analogy when you buy, when you buy this new laundry soap and it smells amazing and you tell all your friends about it. right? Like we do this naturally. So that's, that's what we're doing on this podcast. Um, so tell us a little bit about your story, how you got here to be sharing with us PTSD information. Yeah. I think, thanks for asking. So, uh, in, I'll start a little bit with when I was a young child, when as for as long as I can remember, music was my life. It was my lifeblood. It held my imagination. I would spend hours singing into a brush or to a, um, a fireplace poker in, in the living room of our home. And my parents would, you know, put headphones on me and, um, you know, I would just dance around and, and just be totally entertained. And that, of course, continued into my teen years where for me, music was my lifeblood. It's what got me through those teen years. And I be really honest, I wasn't the most um, peaceful teen, <laughs> the most peaceful person to be around, or often not the most pleasant either. And then uh, that that connection with music just grew. And as I entered college, I discovered a pathway to be involved with music. And I ended up working in the music industry for over 20 years producing live musical um, festivals, um, custom events, designing midnight, New Year's Eve midnight moments. I was an artistic director for Electric Forest, which anybody here who are festival fans, you'll know Electric Forest. I was a, I'm was a founding member and I was the art director for the first four years and involved with Rothbury and, and the list goes on and on and on. And um, then in 2017, I had a, a very traumatic experience, my dark night of the soul, the, the night that changed everything in my life. And what happened was, is I was one of the uh, producing, I was part of the producing team for the Route 91 Harvest Festival in Las Vegas. And I was there during the mass shooting. And so that changed my entire life. And what I found after months of pushing through and months of this idea of if I just did one more thing, if I just checked one more box, everything would go back to normal. 
quote unquote normal. And, and I just, I kept pushing through it until one day it was really clear to me. I'd had a complete total meltdown, emotional, psychological, just a, a complete meltdown while I was on site at one of our festivals. And afterwards I was like, I, the thought of, I can't do this work anymore. It is traumatizing for me to come back and be on site was what we call being there, preparing and building the festivals and events before the people get there. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever admitted to myself because it was my lifeblood and my passion. And the moment that I admitted, to, admitted that to myself, all these other doors started opening up and I started to realize that there was an opportunity to create my new normal. And I'd already gone through a health coaching life certification program and a life coaching program. And I was just finishing up the certification process. And it became really clear that what I was being asked to do by goddess, the universe spirit was to shift my direction and move over into supporting others with by empowering them to transform their trauma into healed energy so they can create their new normal and thrive in life while also honoring what it means to live with PTSD. Yes, I can feel the emotion when you talk about that event. Um, you know, I'm empathic, but for it to be so strong, um, I know it's very, 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 very powerful inside of your soul and um, sensitive topic, but powerful topic to talk about something that needs to be talked about. PTSD is a for real thing and it doesn't ever leave us, right? We just have to understand it and heal as much as we can and and get tools and listen to spirit and all of those things that we can do to, to empower our lives from it. So before you get started to talk about this and, and that event, and I don't want this to be about that event, but I do want to say something about it because we see something on television, right? And it's a big deal, but to feel the energy of it and you were in it, right? So you were feeling all of it, not just the energy of it. You were there amongst all of it. I was down the street. <laughs> I was in my condo about a mile up the road from that. And I could still feel the energy. I didn't know what was going on. I don't watch television. I didn't have TV, um, but I felt the energy of it. And I saw just cop car after cop car after cop car for forever. Like it just seemed like endless, right? And just that energy. And I didn't even know what was happening until the next day, but I could feel that energy. So I can't even imagine on any level or scale what you experienced and, and what all those people experienced being there. So my compassion is definitely there. And I feel slightly out of place pulling a card, but this is what we do. So I'm going to just do it, right? We have this topic that we're going to talk about, then we're going to pull a card. But let's do it. So I trust that it will inform and support to where we're where we're headed. And it yeah. does. Usually these lead us right into the content exactly as it's supposed to. So let's go with this one. Okay, this I'm gonna read it just like the car set card says, 
but it is perfectly applicable. We just have to twist it, right? So where would you say our relationship began and where do you think it may end? And I love this in context to what you're saying. You had to listen to spirit and say, those doors are closed and these are opening. So what do you have to say about this? I love these cards. Can you say it one more time for me? Yeah. Where would you say our relationship began and where do you think it may end? Yeah. Thank you. That's a powerful question. And there's a multitude of places I could go with that. (laughs) But I I think what I'd like to do is start with ourselves. And what I see now, and I knew after that night, the very next day, that 48 hours in that time period never seemed to end. But I knew that because it's part of my spiritual practice, like I knew there was something deeper that I was due to understand from my experience. And I knew in the, you know, afterwards, I am meant to take this and do something with this. And what that is, I don't know. I may not know for a very long time. And so the relationship with self, what I can share is, is I was really ignoring my inner wisdom for a long time. I was ignoring the breadcrumbs that were being left for me. And I see part of my personal experience in that, that night was a big kick in, in the rear to shift and move in a different direction and to become the light warrioress that I am overtly, outwardly, to become the guardian of the light that I am overtly and, and talk about it and support others in their healing journey. And so that relationship with myself was was key, is key to this day. And I wasn't hearing my inner wisdom. I wasn't hearing the word of the goddess or spirit, whatever you your name is for creator. Um, and, and it brought me right back to myself on so many levels. <laughs> And it also opened up a deeper understanding of my cosmic place. And as time unfolded and as I began to heal, I gained a greater understanding of what I was specifically doing on another plane of existence and another level of my consciousness that night. And so that was relationships with self. Part of my new normal and part of my PTSD is that I don't always have great memory. So would you mind repeating the second half of that card? So funny that you say that because I have PTSD and ADHD. So my memory is like, <laughs> like literally I can be in the middle of a sentence and forget it. So it was, I, it, I put the card back, but it was, oh, okay. the question was along the lines of um, where does, where does our relationship begin? And where do you see it ending? It was something along the lines of, yeah. And, and so what I'm what I'm hearing underneath that question is, is like, what's what's the journey here? So, you know, this is reminding me what's coming through for me right now is the the shero's journey, the hero's journey. You know, we start with with this invitation to go out on an adventure. We can take a look at at any novel, movie, or anything that's ever been written, Star Wars, you know, the Tolkien series, and and all of those things, it starts with an invitation. 
So that's for me is the invitation to connect with self. And then where does it end? It's never ending. It's a, it's an infinity because we move back and forward and through and under and above and below those journeys where we're, where we're continually meeting ourselves, and we're continually meeting ourselves in the experiences that we're having in life. And so the quote unquote end, I would say is relationship to creator, goddess, spirit, universe, whatever, you, again, your name might be for, for your, your spiritual path or your religious belief, Jesus, you know, whatever. And as people, as human beings in this plane of existence, we're here because, because we chose to be here and we're striving to get back into connection with creator, with the universe, with spirit. For me, it's goddess. So I'm just going to use goddess moving forward. So please use whatever word resonates for you in your mind. It's, it's the journey to get back to goddess, which is which is moving into the heart. It's not an external situation. It's an incension, not an ascension. We're moving into the heart, into the center of the heart. And the in the end journey is to reconnect divinely with goddess and recognize and know in our bones, consciously and subconsciously, that we are gods and goddesses here on this earth. And it's incredibly important that we remember that because that is where our power lies. That's where our strength comes from. And that is where the truest healing resides. Yeah. So the first question that I have for you since we're gonna talk about PTSD is, and, and this is just how it's coming in to me to ask. And so I'm gonna start with it. But will you share with us some, some symptoms like people that don't have PTSD don't understand what somebody with PTSD is experiencing. And many people with PTSD don't even know they have it. They don't, I spent my entire life thinking I'm this weirdo, you know, just this person that doesn't fit in anywhere and all that. And when I got to be about 36, I realized and sought from doctors that I have PTSD and that I have it since I was about four years old. And so my whole world made sense to me the moment I found out and started educating myself on it. And so that's why I want people with, that don't have it to understand some of the experiences that people have so that they can have awareness and compassion. People that have not yet been diagnosed can start to feel like it makes sense that they are normal. And then people that have it can feel seen and heard and validated. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's a, it's a, a great question, Christy. And it's complex too. So here's what I would say. And, and I share this with my clients all the time. We are all unique beings. Therefore, our journey is unique. And what some of the symptoms that I'll describe here you may or may not experience or witness in other, other people. And what I might experience may be very different than Christy and vice versa, yet there are commonalities and there are grades to all of these things. 
very variations. You know, the pendulum swings from one point to the other. And what I'll, I'll share what I was experiencing right after the incident, right after my my dark night of the soul, because for me, everything was so pronounced in that time. And then I'll draw some parallels to my life now. So, um, boy, I needed control of everything. Ooh. And I lived in Manhattan at the time. And our one of our home offices is, was in Manhattan. And um, <laughs> try and have control in a large city like that. Subways do or do not run on time. Uh, you know, you are beholden to other people's schedules, other people's movements, traffic, all kinds of things. And I really needed control over my environment. I needed control over my home space and very much control over my sleeping space. And the reason for that is, uh, I don't want to go into the whole story of why, during the incident, I happened to be in my hotel room and I found out later that I was one room away from the perpetrator of this horrible event. And um, I had my own story that night. I thought there was a uh, an invasion, uh, some kind of um, terrorist act happening in the hotel. And I waited for 90 minutes for somebody to kick my door in and murder me because of the sounds that I was hearing were exploding all around me and the room was shaking and none of it made sense. And so I didn't have a full concept of what was happening over at the event site. So just, I wanna share a little bit of that context because it informs my particular symptoms that came up. And again, there's a lot of overlap. So I needed control over my, my environment. I also needed to, to calm myself and I chose to drink wine. And just because you're drinking wine doesn't mean, or any other kind of alcohol or spirit beverage, anything that you're doing to alter your conscious mood, doesn't matter what it is, you're using that substance in an abusive way. It's just a fact. There's no shame or blame here. And I will say that I was incredibly conscious of what I was doing. I would go to work, I would come home and I'd have a glass of wine and that glass of wine would always end up being a whole bottle because it made me feel better. It calmed me down. And this lasted for months. And at one point I started, like the light bulb went on and I said, wow, I had a conversation with myself. Do I think I'm an alcoholic right now? And you know that's a, that's a whole separate conversation. In that moment, I was like, no, and I get to watch this because I'm really conscious of what I'm doing. And I get to make sure that this does not become a habit that has no end because if it becomes a habit that has no end. That's a problem and so on. So that was what the conversation I had with myself. I couldn't stop cleaning. I couldn't stop straightening the, the pictures on my walls. So I've always been, I like things neat and tidy. That was amplified times a hundred. So reorganizing things, 
And I lived in Manhattan. There's not a lot of space. So there's only so much to reorganize. But boy, you know, gosh, is that pad of paper straight? I don't know if it's straight. I would change, I would cor- correct, quote unquote, the picture on the wall, the same one every evening. And then I get up and I'd go across the room and be like, I think that looks crooked. And I'd go back and all of a sudden I wouldn't realize I was doing this. So you may find, you know, some people call it OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. You might find that those things start to happen for you. You get very particular. Uh, The other thing that I would just, the forgetfulness and the inability to track what I was doing, which I still have from time to time, especially when my PTA, my PTSD is activated. And I use the term activated very specifically. Um, I would be in in the bedroom folding some laundry. I'd walk into the kitchen to get a glass of water. I'd decide to do the dishes or make myself something to eat. I'd sit down and watch some TV, whatever it was. And hours later, I'd go back into the bedroom and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was doing this laundry. I was folding laundry. It happened when I was cooking. So I began setting timers for myself before I left the kitchen. It would be like, set the timer, set the timer, set the timer, because I burned more food and ruined pots and and I was afraid I was going to light, I was, I was afraid I was going to burn, catch the apartment on fire. So it began putting these little stop gaps in place to support me so that I didn't have to beat myself up. I didn't have to be in shame. And I didn't have to feel badly about myself because I couldn't figure things out. I couldn't remember what I was wearing, what I'd worn the day before. So I started to arrange my closet so that the clothes I wore always went on one side and the clothes I hadn't worn were on another side. Then I didn't have to be in a place in the morning where I was almost brought to tears because I couldn't figure out something so simple. Did I brush my teeth? I don't remember if I did. Do I have my keys? I checked my keys, you know, five, six, seven, eight times before I left the house. And then I'd go to work and I couldn't understand what I was reading. I'd get an email in and it would take me an hour and I wouldn't be able to understand the core message of the email. The words didn't make sense. I would be grasping for meaning, knowing that I knew these words and it was really frustrating. And one of, one of the most important things that I came to months later is, is that I've got to give myself some grace because it is just where I'm at right now. And I share that with anybody who might be listening. If you're thinking that this might, this resonates for you or is sounding familiar, you've got to give yourself some grace because there is hope. And to believe believe the people around you when they say, I have PTSD, please be aware. These things are some things that you may experience with me and to believe them. Yeah. Yeah. Anger for me was huge. And, and again, these are all peak things in probably a good year, year and a half afterwards, maybe even two, (laughs) where I was angry. I was very quick to anger over the silliest things. And I was just like, this is not me. This is not who I am. What is going on? And, um, and I would just shift. I became very territorial, if you will. Like if I wanted something, I wanted it now. And don't tell me no, because I want it now. 
And it was like Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka. I want it now, dad. But, you know, there was no dad. It was it was me. So those, those are my peak symptoms during that time. And what, you know, now five years after the event, the things that come up when my PTSD is activated is I can I get very quiet. I get very withdrawn. I get very in my head because I'm trying to shift myself out of something. I'm trying to shift myself out of the sympathetic nervous system activation that is the fight or flight. And what happens is, is there's all these hormones and chemicals that get produced in your body when you're activated and cortisol being one of them. And it just takes your thought processes right out the window. And, right. and, and go fight, flight, or freeze. I wanted to add the freeze in there yeah. because the freeze is a real thing. Some people fight, some people run, and then some people literally can't move. Frozen. Yeah, thank you for, for bringing that in. And there are many times it's just like, uh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing right now. And um, my cat's going to come join us. So you might hear a little meow here in the recording. Um, and, and, and that still happens. Um, over, overwhelming of feeling of deep sorrow, of uh, overwhelming feelings of, of aloneness and, and giving up at times and feeling like the quote unquote problem is so big that nothing, nothing I'm doing is going to change anything. And so those are some of the things that come to mind right off the bat, depression, binge eating, um, staying up all night, not being able to sleep, um, being prickly, very sensitive, short tempered. Yeah. You just described my whole life. <laughs> yeah. You know, and all, you know, sugar. Oh my goodness. Sugar is my big thing now. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh my gosh, when did I get addicted to sugar? I'm addicted to sugar. Okay. Wow. I didn't, I didn't see that. <laughs> what was happening there, <laughs> you know? And so there are these little things that can creep up. And um, I'm, I have not shared this before with anyone publicly. I had a sex addiction after the incident as well for a good year and a half. And I'm still peeling back the layers of the onion on that. I have a pretty good sense of, for me, what was going on there. And again, it was about control and, and the need for, to feel something good and in the physical body and um, what's better than an orgasm, right? So, you know, an addiction to, to orgasm. Yeah. I'm glad we shared all that because that, you know, being in the healing world, you hear these things from people, but I think about the people I was in a relationship where I would try to explain, these are things that you may experience with me, or, or this is why I do that. Or, you know, I would come home and he would want to know, where'd you go? What did, what happened? And he was doing it in a, in a connective way. Like he just wanted to know and be part of things. And I would like, I don't know what I did. And I, just give me a minute, let me process and I'll remember. And then I can tell you, but it would take me a while. And then he started thinking I was lying. 
And so those, I was curious about how your experiences are with relationships when it comes to these symptoms, because if people don't understand them, that can be a really hard thing to even wrap your head around. Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you, Christy. I really cut out a lot of people in my personal life. I really, I really walled up is really what I did. And I haven't had an, an intimate romantic partner, really. Uh, I dated somebody for about three, four months. And, and, it, and I was just very open with, you know, there are times, you know, as you shared, Christy, there are times there are just gaps in memory. And it's frustrating even now. However, I give myself grace and I'm like, oh, that memory. And now I'm just like, oh, that memory record just doesn't exist. Okay, move on. And, you know, I, I think about it that way. And um, I've talked with my sister, you know, I really pushed her away. And what I've come to now is, hey, I'm really activated. I can't talk or I'm having a really hard time. And I set that language up with my family so that when I say those things, they know that I just need a little bit of time. For me, what supports me is to just give me a little bit of time and I'll circle back. Mm -hmm. And there are times like my sister can hear it in my voice and she'll say, I really wanna support you right now. So how about we go to dinner or let's go get our nails done. And oftentimes that's just the little piece that I need to get unstuck so that I don't have to worry about doing it on my own because I'm great at trying to do everything all by myself all on my own. And yep. I will say one thing that is not, I don't recommend it. It's not, it's not good for you. It's not healthy and you don't have to because help and support is always available. Yeah. For your sister, that just felt like what an amazing sister you have for her to have, you know, that emotional capacity to hold that for you. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. Her name is Alethea. So I'll call her by her name, Alethea. And she supports me in more ways than she probably is even aware of. Yeah. That's beautiful. So the other question that's coming in for you so you are a certified coach, you've had training, you've had experience, and we're talking about PTSD, which is a, a mental health issue. So share with me the difference between a coach and a therapist. Uh, yeah, thank you. I'm not here to diagnose anybody. <laughs> uh, and um, whereas, and I, and I highly recommend talk therapy before people come and work with me to transform their PTSD. It really is they get to be working with a therapist because there's a level of, of mental health there that as a coach, um, it's just not my bailiwick. It's not where I, it's not what I'm trained for. And it's really not what I want to do. So as a therapist, oftentimes therapy is taking a look at what's happened in the past and what do you want? Where are you right now? As a coach, we're not going to stay in the past if it comes up. Yes, because we, we can and we get to transform the energy and the story. When I say, and when I use the word story, I'm not meaning that you're making things up. What I'm meaning is the story of your experience. We get to transform that and, and transmute all of those things and write the new normal, write the new future. 
So as a coach, we're working, I'm working with you to create breakthrough. I work with people who have come to a place where they are committed to their healing journey and they have tried some other elements and there's just like, oh, there's, there's some pieces that are stuck and I can't figure them out and they're hungry to transform them. So as a coach, I'm supporting my, my clients in transforming that stuck energy, those old stories, the experience, and we're looking to the future. What is the vision of the future? How do we taste it, smell it, experience it, be in it from a mindset perspective and an energetic perspective? And what are the small little steps that we can take each and every day just the small little things we can do that all of a sudden, six months later, you realize, wow, all those small little steps created a huge shift and you're moving into the future that you do want to have. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah, I, I love that. And I wanted to talk about that because, you know, healers often are also coaches and healers have a lot of different types of emotional training modalities. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are therapists. Um, so it can be kind of all interwoven, but you got to be really careful and also mindful of who it is you want to hire when you're hiring a coach or a healer or a therapist. What is it that you're looking for? What do you want from it? Right. So a coach who is also trained to understand PTSD or has had enough of their own therapy to understand PTSD can see your symptoms and help you decipher between this is just a bad habit. This is your PTSD showing up. Here are some steps you can take working with yourself, not against yourself to get these results. So it's still goal focused because that's why you hire a coach is to reach a goal. And so that's where, that's how I interpret everything. Um, but having people understand that so that they know who to hire and how to hire and what to look for and, and how it's supposed to feel and what they're supposed to get out of it, you know, cause that's really why we're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I love that, Christine. Thank you for bringing that in. And is, and you know what, it might be that you work with someone for a session or two and they're not a great fit for you, or you got what you needed from them. Don't get discouraged move up, move forward. And it's the same thing with your talk therapists as well. It may be that you see a therapist for a couple of sessions or six months or whatever. And all of a sudden you come to, you come to a stop and you're like, I've actually done all the work that I get to do with this person. And now it's time for me to bring in a new person. And what's the saying that when the student is ready, the mentor appears and it's very applicable here. And, mm -hmm. and there is something that I, a phrase trauma informed that a lot of people use these days. And I would, I would say that that's a great place to start. And I also have a word of caution around that because I've experienced some people who have, have offered some healings in a trauma informed paradigm as they've described it in my experience of what was offered was incredibly lacking and did not create a safe environment for people to process the emotion that came up and they were left with that emotion unresolved. And for me, that is, that is not trauma-informed. <laughs> and 
there's a lots of different kinds of trauma, and this is something that our collective consciousness, our society is talking a great deal about. So for those of you who are listening, ask questions. Say, oh, I see your trauma informed. What does that mean to you? Do you have a particular experience or are you oriented or are you grounded in PTSD? And you can even get more specific than that. And if they don't know, just let your intuition guide you, let your inner wisdom guide you. You know, oh, are you trauma informed with um, child sex abuse? If that's your story. Are you trauma informed around gun violence? Oh, you are, okay, great. Are you trauma informed or do you have an awareness of um, the nuance between, you know, children who young people and families who are living in our, in our condensed population areas who are exposed to gun violence every single day versus a, a mass shooting, a school shooting or a high profile situation. We don't need to dissect this too much. There are some nuances, but it's okay to ask those questions if that's important to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great answer. And it's always curiosity is the solution to everything. There was something I wanted to say when you first started talking, um, you, had, you had mentioned peace. And earlier today, my daughter's dad was talking to her and he said, Peace is not a feeling, it's information. And I kind of blew my mind a little bit because I've never looked at it or thought about it in that perspective, but that's exactly what it is. It, it kind of is a lot to wrap your head around. I'm still processing, but I wanted to bring that up because, because you were mentioning peace and I wanted your thoughts on that. Yeah. And because it fits into what you just said, like, ask questions, be curious, gather information. Information creates peace. Yeah, I, I would, for me, I would say peace is a way of being. It, it, which is different than, than both of those. Yes, it's, a, it's a, a feeling that we can have. We can feel peaceful. We can move into inner peace. And it's also a way of being. So how I show up in the world and the energy that I give off I can be peaceful or not. So if you're not clear on, on way of being, because that may be a phrase you haven't heard before, think about the last time you were someplace in a, a meeting or a party or a gathering and somebody walked in the room and you just were, you didn't maybe didn't know who they were and you just were immediately drawn to them. And you don't know why. I know it's happened to me countless times in my life and it's like, oh, I gotta go meet that person. And you don't know what it is and you're just drawn to go over and meet them. Whatever their way of being is, whatever their energy is, is drawing you to them. So I would say that peace is a way of being as well. And I can be in that way of being as I move about the world to support being the change that I'd like to see, which is peacefulness, I don't mean being walked all over and not standing up for yourself, because you get to have boundaries and you get to stand for yourself. And I can do that in a really peaceful kind of way that's ridiculously powerful. And you just got to watch the Dalai Lama speak. And for me, in my experience, the Dalai Lama is he is the embodiment of a peaceful way of being. 
Um, so what's your, what's your daughter's um, dad presence? Oh, that is an interesting thought. I don't know. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah, me neither. I'm still kind of processing and wrapping, wrapping my head around that. But I love your answer because I agree very wholeheartedly with that. Peace is a way of being. Because if you embody that and you be that, then it doesn't matter what's going on in life. You're, you've already made, set an intention and made a choice on how you're going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that creates that energy field that people are going to be drawn to when you walk in a room. Mm -hmm. And it ripples outward. It changes a room and just imagine what it would be like to walk down, you know, a street in Manhattan, Chicago, Boston, LA, Dallas, in that peaceful way of being where you're actually, you're actually impacting other people in their day. And all of a sudden you're in the coffee shop or whatever, and they don't know why they all of a sudden feel more relaxed or more at peace. And it's because of you. <laughs> right. I had a, somebody on a episode the other, I, I can't remember what we were talking about, but the, the, they said something about, I'm, I'm not peace. I'm a truth seeker or a truth. So my head wrapped around it. Like I'm not peace. I'm the person that's going to bring truth to light and burn the house down. If I have to of all the false. And I thought of all the black sheep you know, all, a lot of healers say, I never fit in. I was a misfit. I was the black sheep of the family. And one of my clients the other day came to me and she's like, my family cannot handle it when I address something that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so they all shame her and get on her and anger her when she's just saying, um, something's going on here. That's not okay. And not right. And everybody else just subscribes to it to cover it all back up. Right. Yeah. And she was like, I need to clear this in me, whatever's attract I'm attracting, whatever she feels like she's causing it. And I sat with that before I answered her and I really thought about it. And I was like, no, that's gaslighting. You are showing up saying there was a lie and this is a false and this is not okay. And nobody likes it. They're used to getting away with what they want to do just, just follow, follow the rules. Don't say anything, follow the rules, shut up, hush your mouth. This is the way it should be. But when you bring those truths to the light, it agitates everyone's demons. Right. And that was so mind blowing for me. I'm glad I had processed it. And I came back to her and I was like, no, we just need a change of mindset. You need to be like, I set fire to the, the lies I bring down the false and I'm the truth seeker. That's not peaceful. It will create peace in the end if, mm. if you can get the healing to happen. Um, but that's not peace, right? So I loved the, the three thoughts. You're, you saying you, it's a way of being, and it absolutely is. But healers are truth seekers, light bringers. We bring the light. We want to heal. You can't heal something if you're lying about it, lying to yourself about it, or, you know, letting others lie to you and getting away with it. And so that's where information comes in. So my daughter's dad said, peace isn't a feeling. It's, a, it's information, right? So if there's no information, so that my head's still wrapping around all of it, but it's, it, it's all making sense to me now. And I hope I'm articulating this in a way where everybody else can see it. 
And I think, you know, all right, it, you know, peace doesn't mean walking around with the peace sign, you know, <laughs> right. and, and all the things, and it does. And to create transformation and to create a shift, especially in a family, sometimes the big stick is, is supportive because it creates a breakthrough or it shifts energy. And there's a time that you can peacefully in your way of being land a very profound comment or question from the heart that is the arrow that cracks through all the walls and and cascades those dominoes all over the floor. Uh, So, you know, that as a coach flexing, and I'm sure you do this too with my clients flexing into what's happening. And that's either tone of voice or my way of being, or I'm shifting my energy or I'm changing my phrasing on something. And I'm flexing into, because that's training that I've gone through so that I can support my client seeing a door and hold the space for them to walk through. And eventually, just by osmosis and experiencing that over a period of time with me, what I have found is that some of those elements, my clients then take out into the world with them because they're just in the practice of doing it with me. And so it starts to move outward into the world and it starts to create change in the world, in the workplace, in their families and so on and so on. And it's it's a beautiful ripple effect. Yeah. I love that. So tell us a little bit about your work. Who do you work with? How would somebody know that they should work with you? And what kind of results can people expect when they work with you? Okay. So I work with, you know, I used to, I used to have the beautiful phrase. I work with female entrepreneurs who are committed to their, and then I was like, that's, that's not the phrasing anymore. I work with people who are committed to transforming their trauma so that they may heal and they may thrive in life while creating their new normal, while also honoring what it means to live with PTSD. And so for me, specifically right now, where I'm headed, and I resisted this for a while, is moving out and working with survivors of gun violence and specifically mass shootings. Um, I also work with powerful female entrepreneurs in, in reclaiming their energy and their divinity through um, really igniting their inner wisdom and sparking their creative genius so that they can stand in their power. And all of that is pretty much the same, the same elements that we're talking about here. So where I'm headed is, is and when we first met, I was saying, yeah, you know, I've been resisting this and this is where I'm headed. This is what you, this is what goddess is telling me to do. This is what I'm launching. And I'm still using the same pillars because they are tried and true and they work without fail. And I work with my clients to support them in embodying their inner wisdom, their intuition. And what does that mean? That means every moment being able to be open to and feel and sense your intuitive guidance so that you know when you're on path and you know when you're moving off path. It's everything from the thoughts that you're thinking in the moment to what you're picking for dinner, to the clothes you're wearing, to what you say yes to, and how you set up your schedule. Because when we're in that space where we're in flow, I had a mentor define flow this way at one point, feeling light, open, and wise. And I love that. When we're in flow, 
and we're tapped into our inner wisdom and our guidance from goddess, then everything that we're doing and all the decisions that we're making are bringing us down the pathway that is for our highest good. The next piece of this is to uncover and activate our unique creative expression. And I use a very unique signature creative process called Cosmic Smashbooking, which is a visual process that I teach people and I walk them through. And it's actually something that when they're done coaching with me, they can continue to use this process for themselves as they move forward in life. So there, it, it's, a, it's playful, it's fun, it has whimsy, it is deep, it is powerful. And it was created by a dear friend of mine um, who channeled this and brought it forth from the community of intentional creativity. And her name is Kat Z. And so that's called Cosmic Smash Booking. It's great fun and incredibly powerful. And through those two processes and those two practices, what we're doing is we're creating massive transformation by digging into what are the pieces that are still lingering that get to be transmuted and energetically what gets to be transmuted. I'm also a Reiki master and an energy healer. I was given an ancestral healing by Isis. I am trained in the lineage of King Solomon and in an Egyptian seven layer aura healing. I'm also a certified life activation practitioner in the lineage of King Solomon. And so those are other pieces that I bring forward. So as we were talking before, and as you said very specifically in the beginning of our time together, it, mindset, mindset, mindset is key. And we've also got to, we also get to take a look at what are the pieces energetically in our energy body that get to be shifted and healed because that supports our physical body. And so as an energy empowerment coach, everything for me is energy. When our energy body and the various layers of the energy body, the aura, the etheric field, the chakras, when they're in alignment and they're moving into healing, then our physical body is also getting healing. And we get to have at least three legs of the stool. So we've got to have movement as part of healing. And I say movement because I have a story about exercise. So I don't quote unquote like to exercise. Movement sounds different to me. So that's what I use. And usually that's the case for my clients as well. And that could be anything from, I know I didn't really want to leave my house, my apartment after my incident. And so, you know what? If you've got stairs in your apartment, you can do your steps on your stairs in your home. Or you can walk around your room, you can do yoga or Tai Chi, or just some basic stretching to start. And then anything from upwards from there. I love that you're addressing this because, you know, earlier in our conversation, you said fight or flight. And I said, and also freeze, because I'm a freezer. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are freezers. When I go into freeze mode as my, you know, I'm all activated and I go into freeze mode. And if you told me to leave my house, it's just never going to happen. I, sometimes I can't even leave the couch. <laughs> and so I love that you said, if you could just walk up the stairs, I could get myself to do that. It might not be easy, but I could, but when it, when it's really bad, when the freeze is really bad, and my PTSD is seriously activated, even that's a chore. So I love that you say movement 
being in your body, just making one small intention and, and how empowered, you know, how important that is. And if we associate it with exercise, it almost feels like punishing yourself. So <laughs> I like that you address that. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the word works for me. And something that I learned along the way, and, you know, I've been, you know, vigorously and ferociously digging into, you know, what's the, what are some solutions here? Is, and I came upon, uh, and I forget who it was that I read this with, that when we, part of the healing is to learn to trust our body again. And our body holds trauma and it will hold trauma for our entire life until we release it. There's many different ways to release it. And until we release the trauma energy from our physical body, from the muscles, from the tissue, from our energy body, through healings, from our emotional mind, our psychology, our mental, our mental body, our emotional body, through mindset or talk therapy. And until we heal the mind, body, and soul all together, we're like a lopsided stool, kind of just wobbly. And, and I really believe, I really believe because we are energy beings and we are meant to be gods and goddesses on this plane, that it's possible to fully heal. Am I there? No. Do I believe it's possible? Yes. And I am committed to continuing to work with people to support them in figuring out what their healing journey looks like because I know that we can get there. And maybe it's not my lifetime and maybe I'll find it in this lifetime and maybe I'll find it in another, um, who knows? And, and also I would say the, the other piece is, um, you know, having a plan, having a support plan in place and creating just a little support plan and um, which is a, a handout, that, a little workbook that I have where you can just, it seems simple, but until you ask yourself these questions of like, who are my go-to people to call? What's my what's my musical playlist that is filled with music that supports me in shifting my my energy in the moment? What about videos? I don't care if they're cat videos. I like to watch outtakes of funny movies like Will Ferrell. Or I like to watch little snippets of of um, of Jimmy Fallon, you know, or or or. Um, Melissa McCarthy cracks me up. And so I have a little playlist of those in those moments when I'm like, I am so stuck. I don't know what to do with myself right now. So let me go there. Yeah, I want to just bring everything that you've talked about full circle in a way that really paints a picture for people that are thinking about hiring a coach or are ready for a, a coach at this level where somebody who understands PTSD and understands a lot of this energy and the mindset, when you work with a coach who is scientifically trained, that would be more on the coaching side, right? Those are tangible, scientific-based, research-based, factual things that, that you get. When you work with a life coach, you're going to get systems and strategies. When that's coupled with somebody who understands healing and is actually trained and has experience in healing modalities you know, whether it's emotional release or hypnosis or whatever their, whatever their modalities are. And then you couple that with somebody who can also understand the energy, the energy work uses their own intuition, 
coupled with the, the, the knowing and the understanding and the training coupled with intuition is extremely powerful. But when you have that whole package of a coach, it's a, an experience that's very hard to articulate, but it's, it's probably one of the most profound and powerful things you can experience in life that will transcend your life. And I can see that you have all of those parts and pieces. You come across very um, knowledgeable, science-based, factual. You understand the processes, but you are trained in the healing aspect and the energy aspect. And I tell you, when you have somebody that can do that energy work, oh my God, especially when you have something like PTSD or ADHD, we are activated all the time. And somebody that can calm that energy down is the best thing ever. So it's hard to articulate, but go have the experience, make that investment in yourself because it doesn't matter if it's $500 or $25,000, it will transcend your life and it will be reciprocated back into your energy field when you put an investment in yourself. So that's my knowing about that. <laughs> and thank you, Christy, for bringing that all together. And, and thank you so much for the feedback. It really- it's 333 right now. It really- Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> three, three, three. <laughs> Magic numbers. And in where I am, it's 633. So we're still playing in the threes. Yep. <laughs> and and thank you so much for that that beautiful um that beautiful feedback and and sharing what your experience of me is. I, I really greatly appreciate it. Warms my heart. Yeah. So thank you. The one last thing. We need to do another entire episode on cosmic smash booking that has not been covered. You know, I didn't hear, ever hear of it until I met you. And it's, I think it would be a great topic and great for, you know, expanding our knowledge and awareness of the possibilities of healing. So sounds great. Yeah. So thank you, thank you so much for your generosity and the work that you're doing here and allowing this opportunity for voices to come forward, for wisdom to be shared and holding this beautiful space and um, creating this incredible community and in, in healing and through conversation. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, we will wrap it up and thank you and we will see you on the next one. Okay, sounds great.